man. Good afternoon, church family. Welcome to Gulf Coast Bible Camp and our Wednesday night Bible study slash unscripted podcast. This is the blessing about camp is that it's kind of like the the Leatherman tool of uh, Bible study. You have to do like 10 different things, you know, with the, with the screwdriver. You use it for the bottle opener and, and splinter getter outer and all kinds of things. And so this is the blessing of us being able to be together. Plus y'all get to see us sweat. <laughs> and ain't that the truth? We, we got a coat of armor all on us. <laughs> Let's see here. What is this? Uh, is it this one? Grit, yeah, that one. There we go. So, church family, we thought that we would take some time and mm. just um, spend a few minutes with you and let you know that we're thinking about you and and uh, have our uh, Wednesday night Bible study ready for you this evening. It's about, what is it, 15 after 1 here, and so all the kids are taking a nap, and but there's tranquility now, so we can take a few minutes. A little bit of peace, a little, little bit of quiet. Yep but still and hot wanna, and we really want to thank y'all for the opportunity uh to come out here and invest in these kids and in their lives and help them to invest in jesus and we're just so thankful for the church and and our leadership and the fact that um the things that are, that are put on to make this camp go and there's just so many awesome things that that the church does and and so many awesome things that the staff here does and and uh we're just we're just so thankful and appreciative and this year has been it's been a lot different and uh, first of all this is Chris and Jessica's first year which is cool actually this is my first year ever at camp in, in any way newbie newbie hottie <laughs> in a different way <laughs> came out weird <laughs> yeah but we're not we're not streaming it live because we don't have the the capacity uh, to do that so hopefully you'll be uplifted by this and so today we're um we've been studying conversions i was going to camp last week and but also chris has been talking about things that make a great church things that make the church great however you want to say it um because we do when we say that we really mean the same thing that's right and because we understand that there's um the world uses the word church a lot of different ways but the bible defines it in a very narrow scope so when we say it we always mean god's people and the ones that have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus, not, you know, with some irredeemable thing like even Peter's it says gold and silver. But, you know, God's word gave us this great and awesome way to understand and become part of that church. And so we want to make sure that um, that we have such a blessedness here with, in Hattiesburg, you know, with the church. And, and we want to. We want to continue to make the KW Church great. And Bob and I have been studying conversions in our podcast. And just as luck would have it, we are at... As the Lord would have it. At, yeah, right, as the Lord would have it, right. The um, We're in Acts chapter 16. And this week, you know, we studied the first week, a great church has a great purpose. And then last week, we studied that a great church has a great vision. And, and this week, we're going to study that a great church has great unity. And that's why Bob and I can do this together, because, you know, we always want the church to see a, a united front. Amen. And we always want to, we always, you know, the you guys have made it such a blessing for us, for our families to be here. And there's nothing more than we want to do is draw the church closer together. And, and we know that there's going to be many spokes in that wheel and 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 so 
but it's because there's so much to the word unity. I mean, you just think about the word unity. I mean, it's it's one of those words that are that you can look up the definition, and we probably should have before we've done this, but it's one of those words that you see it and then you understand it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you yeah. I don't. I mean, you don't have to define it, Chris, because it just. I mean, you live it, and and the church lives, and we have so so many great examples. When when you need a definition of unity, just just go look at KW. That's and, right. And it, we're not perfect. Uh, we're we're all different. We're a community, and you can't have community without unity. And and there's so many walls, and so many peacemakers, and so many people who have who have made um, Christ number one in their life. And when Christ is number one, there's there's nothing. This this middle pew that goes down these uh, seats, you know, and so many of these chairs. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. This is your first year at camp, but all these little name tags and where people have donated uh, and to you know to put in these chairs. But there's so many people of who have gone before us, and some of these people's names have, have gone on to, to to meet the Lord. And um, I hope that the wind's not. Hope we hope the wind's not affecting our sound. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many people who did so much to, to unify the church, and camp is one of those things that we just see that there's, there's just kids all over the all over the South that are here this week, even in, in amidst COVID-19. But, uh, but it's just when, when the Lord's first, you know, unity is unity's there, and, and that's, that's one reason we, we take the Lord's Supper is remember that the body is one. There's, there's only... There weren't there weren't many bodies on the cross. There was only one. There's there's not many churches. There's only one, and we're to be unified, not separated. And so Acts 16 represents a, a unique dynamic in the, as Luke would have it from a from a historical perspective. Luke, you know, Luke uses this. You know, if you could really remove the book of John and kind of shove it around and put it in front of Luke. You can read the book of Luke right through the book of Acts and take out, mm-hmm. you know, the heading that we've put in there, the Acts of the Apostles, and it would just continue to flow because, you know, you, you see the end of Luke is repentance and remission of sins will be preached just beginning in Jerusalem, and then you see that Boom. as as right as the Lord is ascending to heaven, and then Acts two, you see the beginning of real unity. I mean, just real unity, and. You know, Paul, you know, he deals with this the whole time. You, you figure that as he's moving through, by the time you get from, you know, the beginning, you kind of see Peter and James and John and a lot of the, and the seven chosen ones out of Acts 6 that kind of, that are at the forefront of the scene that are the these Jewish Christians. And then as the Jewish Christ, Gentile scales kind of tip, you know, in Acts 15, as you see kind of a pivot point to where, there's this kind of schism that arises in the church. And these Jews there in Acts 15, I tell you what, let's just, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I hope you'll turn there with us this evening during the day for us, and look, and, and you know, Acts 15 represents a, a great understanding of what unity is because, you know, if you ever wanted to know what the first epistle sent out was, it's really the one in Acts 15. That's it's right. the, first it's the, letter. Yes, the epistle to the Antioch. And the, the, the reason why is that, you know, I, I've heard, I, I call this sometimes the first PTP because every year when I go to PTP, one of the, the awesome things that we do is we sit around and we talk about issues that we never really thought about before. You know, I mean, I, I know that Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, but, but certainly sin's 
manifest themselves in different ways. I mean, you think about the digital age we live in and, yeah. and you know, just the, the pressures people face from whether it's, you know, things they shouldn't be looking at or, or the pressures they feel from social media or, or whatever the case may be. There's just so many things that people deal with today. And, and so we talk about these things and how, how we're facing them and how we're looking at them. In Acts 15, there arises this conflict over a Jewish custom of circumcision. To the Jews, I mean, this was something they had to do. I mean, at, uh, Genesis 17, God tells the children, I mean, Abraham, that all the children who open the womb from the eighth day, I mean, on their eighth day of their birth, they must be circumcised. That's right. So they've been at this for, yeah, you know. If not, they're going to be cut off. Cut off from the covenant. I think it's That's verse right. 12 that says that cut off from the covenant. And so, you know, this was something that was drilled into them that was kind of their mark, right? Yeah. And so culturally, what you're seeing now is this, this shift and, and you know sometimes you know we tend to bring culture into the church and and make it as as though it were gospel mm -hmm. and certainly culture is going to affect the, the church in in many ways um and there's nothing wrong with culture right in the church as long as it's not as long as it's not bound as as exactly but you're going to deal with different issues and things for just one quick example like the church has had uh kw's had a big impact in in africa and and i was uh talking with justin maynard and he's like you know here in america we have different things that we're having to teach new christians and things he said we had men who had obeyed the gospel but they were still beating on their wives right and uh now certainly you, you go to you go to jail for that but when you're when you convert someone who's um messiah from from a from a tribe over there and and they're treating women as property instead of you know now we got to teach them how to love christ as love the church you know love love their wives as christ loved the church well for them that that starting point is don't be hitting on them for for us guys it's hey i need to pick up my laundry that's right and so that it's it's two different cultural things but you're exactly right we can't let culture uh shape the church the scripture shape the church but and it and let it affect the culture and and that's what you find is happening in acts 15 in verse number four it says but some of the sect of the pharisees who believed, and these are believing Pharisees. These are people that just like the rest of the Jews have been waiting on this Messiah who believed. Now, now just think about this just before I get into this. Now, these Pharisees, they were the strictest sect of the law. They would have been the ones that would have been the, the jot and the tittle people, right? The, the jot and the tittle, just so you understand, was the way that the Hebrew word made vowel sounds. So there was no vowels in the Hebrew language. So they had to add accent marks, just like we do with, you know, dot your I's. Because if you don't dot an I, it's just an L. And so they would have to dot the I so it would be understood it was an I. The Pharisees were the strictest sect of it. And I mean, you know, we've talked about this in our podcast. You know, how many of the prophecies point to the time when the Gentiles are going to be brought into the church, yeah, to, right. to this fold of God's people. And so God had this plan all along to unify us. And so in Acts 15, these believing Pharisees rose up saying, it is necessary. That's a must, right? Mm -hmm. It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And it says, Now the apostles and the elders come together to consider this matter. You know what you're already seeing here with this? Is, is number one, you're seeing the seeds of culture affecting unity. Mm -hmm. 
And, and on the second part of it, right, one verse after that is you're seeing the unity of the, they're putting the apostles and the elders in the church there in Jerusalem on the same plane because they come together to consider this matter. Yeah. It wasn't just like, let's just, let's, let's uh, Google the Holy Spirit. Right. right? Let's, yeah. let's see what this, you know, they had this miraculous ability that they were going to, that they could tap into, but this is something they were going to consider, they were going to come together and consider because this was going to require them to reason out how then Moses' law is going to play itself out in our lives and then does it bring us unity? Yeah, and, then, and notice that verse 7, when there had been much dispute, they talked about this a long time. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be great communication and there's got to be patience with one another to try to work these things out. I, I'm so thankful for our elders that it starts with our leadership and the, the ways that they're so patient with each other whenever they're talking things out and uh, to make sure that, that our lives are... I love being in the elders' meetings because right. of that. Yeah. I mean, just to watch how they hash things out. And, and, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I try to use those as learning tools too. And, right. and you know, and, and what I find, you know, so what we got to realize sometimes is that, you know, sometimes we need to repurpose ourselves in unity. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what Peter does in, in verse number 8 of Acts 15. As he goes and he says, um, let's say verse 7, and, and when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up, and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So what you're seeing is, is Peter's like, Okay, now now wait a minute now. You guys know what happened a little while ago. Let's let's step back, you know, let's let's go back to the line of scrimmage. Let's, we're not calling right. the audible here here. Let's talk about this. Remember what, what, what was going on with Cornelius. And so he's reminding them of what happened in Acts chapter 10. So in Acts chapter 10 is where you see the first Gentiles come into the church. Up until this point, it being a purely Jewish church. So by and large, the culture would have been the same. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to say one thing right quick. Uh, for me to love my wife is Christ love the church. It doesn't just mean the only thing I'm doing is pick up laundry. I was just trying to make the statement of, of, of culture you know I, I have one guy uh say this this week that i heard he said you know he said i i'm uh he said i lead my family by being the by being the biggest servant in my house and he said the way that i serve my wife and he said that's he said that's why i want to lead my family is by being the, the best servant and he said bar none and so so don't take to what i said lightly but uh, Bob has a problem with leaving his laundry laying around, obviously, and this is right. him working out repentance, but that's okay, Bob. Absolutely. Uh, nobody I'd rather work it out with. But, yeah, you're exactly right. What I can't help but notice, too, is that Peter, you know, Acts 2, there's a dispute. Peter speaks up. He's peacemaking, he, and, he, and he steps up in leadership. There's, uh, you know, and then, then here there's got all these guys together, and there's much dispute. Peter steps up. And don't you see that blessing, that, that unity then does not require always silence in the sense like, you know, let's just shirk back and let this thing yeah. happen, right. you know, because this could have been a, a complete rift in the church right. right here. But Peter stands up. He's like, wait a minute now. Let's just let's just talk about what's happened. Let's rehash this thing. I mean, yeah. and it, isn't it interesting that later Peter's going to use the one one that's going to coin the term, I stir you up by way of remembrance. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that, that you know, we got to keep on doing these things. And yep. how many memory verses have you forgotten? Oh, yeah. I mean, Crazy. we work on them week in and week out. Yeah. I mean, and, and I still forget some of them. That's right. Peter's like, Most so you of always got a reminder. Right. You so always got a reminder. That's what I'm writing to you. Right. Yeah, so, so Peter speaks up and he's like, look, don't forget that God, 
he knows he knows the heart verse 8 acknowledge them by giving them the holy spirit just as he did us and he made no distinction between us and then now this guy's an apostle and and peter could probably track his his heritage his bloodline back to to no telling who he he was a he was a jew and but he's saying look there's no distinction between between us and them and so we're gonna we're gonna work this out we're gonna be unified and so if you keep reading with me in acts 15 and verse 9 and it says i mean verse 10 he says now therefore why do you test god by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear you know peter he's he's there's so many discussions we can have about the law and it's an inability to keep it but really what peter's talking about here is you're asking them to do something that's completely outside of their stratosphere of thinking this is something we couldn't do and now you're going to ask somebody it's like me asking stevie wonder to give ray charles driving instructions i mean they're just it's just not going to happen it's not in their ability to grasp this concept of of all these millennia um, and a half now of of doing this thing and peter says you're you're going to ask them to do something that we couldn't do so you're going to you're going to make the problem that we had and you're going to now take it and and push it and so sometimes what we do is with unity is we think that that we can we can take a little bit of the of the stuff from before that we really held on to that we thought that might define us you know these things that i mean the, there's certainly so many things that define us you know an american would probably be one of the hardest things in the world to describe because it's like what do you what does an american look yeah, like it's all over the map right? yeah i mean you can describe a a honduran or you can describe a, a nigerian or you can describe a, a a chinese person but it's hard to describe americans yeah. and and you know god wanted it to be the same way with christians he wanted us to be defined by who we reflect amen by not what what we reflect but by who we reflect yep by what's by what's going on on the inside and and then that's that naturally comes out to the outside and so you look at verse 11 but we believe that through the grace of our lord jesus christ that we shall that we shall be saved in the same manner as they and it's the fact that it's it's every single one of us and and it's all because of the grace of the lord jesus christ and so nobody's better than and nobody's anybody. got cheaper faith that's one of our you know bobs did such a good job this week with breaking this COVID 19 down here at the camp and 19 ways that we're victorious and the uh one of them was cheap faith and you know that's what peter's saying here he's like listen it's not that they have a cheaper faith they didn't we're not victorious because of cheap faith christ gives me victory over my cheap faith right yeah Yeah, that's that's what i was implying i mean it's not like they got a a a coupon sale of of faith right? Yeah, right you know like a buy one get one free or something like that or half off and and so and then they're going to do something else here they're going to they're, they're still listening to reason which is which is certainly what we need to do as people because in verse 12 look what happens then all the multitude kept silent that means that they were still pondering this thing mm-hmm. and certainly unity is something that we don't just need to take the first thing that comes along because there's a lot of people that would say let's do things for the sake of unity Right, yeah, I mean, I've said that, yeah, yeah, and and the uh, sometimes we can make that argument, and we're not unifying. Then we we are actually tearing ourselves down. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you think about the first market breach that the church had with essentially jumping in the proverbial pot with the the Roman government. They thought they were unifying, 
you know, themselves and, and kind of getting in cahoots with the Roman government at the Council of Nicaea, and all they did was breach it. And so yeah. unity's got to be defined on God's parameters. It's not, and it's not about me getting my way or Bob getting his way or, or this person in the church or these type of people in the church or anything like that. It's about us coming together and, and meditating and seeing exactly what God wants us to do because a great church has great unity. And if you want to move forward, I mean, you're a united front. They trained the Roman soldiers to move together that you didn't worry about you you worried about the one beside of you so that if you knew the guy beside of you was worried about you it took the burden off of yourself and you could fight for the guy beside of you and that's the kind of people that God wants us to be in the church and so in Acts chapter 12 I mean 15 in verse number 12 it says then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles and and so it's a God is God is blessing them to be able to take things to the to the Gentiles. And what I can't help but think about is the fact that, you know, sometimes for unity, I do, I do need to keep my mouth shut and listen to leadership at times. Amen. And listen to wisdom and listen to people like Paul and Barnabas who are who are men that 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 God has has put in the, these positions of of authority and experience and experience. That's, That's what right. they're speaking from their experiences. That's right. There's wisdom there and. And so, I, whenever I think I know everything, it's like, man, the the Lord just. And it's hard to get over those things. That's right. You know, as a, when you when you're a Type A personality, when and and it's the kind of person that that doesn't mind being out front. It doesn't mind yeah. saying what they think. Not in the like I'm going to be rude or ugly sort of way. But you, it's not that you think that your opinion is better than anybody's or anything like that. But sometimes there's just such a there's such a you're focused on what you got to say and forget that you're there to listen. You know, the, the kids were over here last night, we're playing this game, and, and everybody wanted to ask this question, ask this question, and Jason was trying to explain it to him. I said, listen, boys, you got two ears and one mouth. Yeah. Use your ears twice as much as your mouth, and you'll get the rules, and you won't have to worry about it. And so, yeah, I need that lesson so many times. And uh, the, well, Courtney told me to tell you that, by the way. Yeah. The, um, you know, so, so what you hear then is you, you keep seeing this in verse 13. And they had became silent. And James answered them saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared. Now you got somebody that's like, okay, now we've weighed the evidence. Simon has made this. Uh, Peter right. has made, you know, he, he's still using this Jewish uh, vernacular. So he's still speaking from this Jewish perspective. Simon declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. And, and he's going to go through and he's going to remind them of something that these believing Pharisees should have known all along. That God had a plan. Now it's time to, okay, we've reasoned it. So in, for the sake of unity, Peter's reminding them what's happened. And so that's what we have as Christians. We can always look back and see what God has done. That's what Peter's done. He's, he's listened to men of experience say, okay, listen, I'm telling you, this is what has happened. Paul and Barnabas are showing this, that God had this plan to unify. And I can tell you all these things that he's done now. Peter was there at the beginning, and we've been there every stitch of the road since. And now James is going to stand up, and he's going to say, and remember this, guys, all these years God said after this, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild it in ruins, and I will set up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even the Gentiles, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. 
So what you're seeing then is this blessing of understanding that, that when he's quoting what Amos, this old prophet, is saying that, you know, when, that's what he was talking about when Amos, and they're there rebuilding this temple, and Amos is telling them there's going to be a time that's coming where we're going to rebuild the temple in a completely different way. And this temple is going to be built on this one awesome and blessed, blessed thing, and that is this great unity. That this Paul uses this enmity, this barrier, this breach, this wall that separated us with the Ephesian church, and Christ come and broke it down. And so now, if we're going to be a great church, we've got to have great unity. And that means that, that sometimes I'm going to have to take one for the team. Now, I'm not talking about compromising on what's the right thing to do because there's never a compromise. You, you, you never make a compromise on what is the explicitly uh, verbatim right thing to do according to God's Word. But certainly, there are so many things that we can learn about unity with regards to what I think about something versus what Bob thinks about something or Bob thinks or, or anybody else in the church because, you know, the church is, is you know, what it's always going to be full of? People. Mm-hmm. And you know what people always have? A different way of doing things. And, and, he, and here's the blessing of this. Sometimes you can do things that aren't the best way, but if they still turn out for the glory of God, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, we are pouring sweat today. We could, we could probably do this camp in the fall and have a lot more comfortable environment to do this in, right? Yeah. But this is the best time because the kids are out of school. We've got this whole COVID mess going on right now. And these kids can come out here and we've got all these things that we've put into place to help them out, to be able to, to, to be, be safe. safe. Mm-hmm. And, and so now we've got the best thing that we can do right now. And so there's a blessing. And, and we get to see all these kids. You know, here's something interesting is that, that um, uh, well, one, one thing that I, I learned real early on when I was started doing mission work was watching kids. And I remember watching this little kid in... Uh, El Salvador, I don't know, 10 or 11 years ago, and I watched that little kid, and it was it was almost like you could take whichever, I reckon it was probably Liam, or maybe it was Aiden, and I was watching how the mama kept having to grab it and pull it back, and it just acted like Aiden, or whoever was that at that age, constantly, and and I remember thinking, like, you know, that's that's just the way kids are. That's just, there's something that happens to us along the way, something that corrupts us, something that pollutes us to make us to where... We just we, we war constantly against the flesh, and it starts from a very early age. But you take kids, and they're all the same from the beginning. And certainly, that's the kind of spirit and attitude God wants us to have as Christians. Yeah, I was. Um, I got two things to say. Yeah, and right. I'll give you twenty five more minutes. Um, <laughs> the, Twelve the, minutes a piece you, on yours. You, then you, you talking about kids? Um, you know, Camille, we're we're sitting there eating lunch today. We had corn dogs and chips and peaches and watermelon. Awesome and, banana and, thing. And Miss Jonelle's banana bars. Oh, and uh, and so, anyways, I'm not sure which one of the rakes uh, made those for this year, but we thank you for them. And uh, now, but but so, guess what Camille wanted to eat? Guess what she ate first? Right. Banana bar. <laughs> Right. Of course, Mama's helping in the kitchen, so Daddy's in charge. So I don't care what she eats. Right, and yeah. down the hatch. Yeah, and Courtney's not going to see this podcast until she'll laugh about it at that point, anyways. Right. But she wouldn't, anyways. Anyway, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so, so she's eating the banana bar. Well, she ate a little bit of her watermelon. She didn't want much of the peaches. She ate like a half a bite of her corn dog, and she ate two chips. 
Well, so she didn't eat much. Needless to say, Courtney had, had got me some, uh, had fixed me some banana bars, so I, I brought them over and put them down on the table. Guess what? She said, she said, uh-uh, she <laughs> right. wants more of that. So then I try to hand her everything on her plate, and she's like, no, full, I'm full. <laughs> right. And then she pointed the banana bars, and she needed. it. But that's the thing, is our characteristic is is we all want what we want from and and that's and that's it just starts early in our in our lives well but here's what's neat is verse 18 is he says known to god from eternity are all his works hmm. now some versions uh change up verse 18 it could say says the lord who makes these things known from eternity but either way god he knew from the beginning that what what our characteristics were like and so therefore he sends christ but he also knew that he's going to open this up to the gentiles at some point and the only way to unify us is through the blood of jesus christ and so whenever we see that that they're seeing in, in here that hey he's opened this to the gentiles so we're gonna we're verse 19 therefore i judge that we should not trouble those from among the gentiles who are turning to god but here's what we got to do but that we they write, write to them to abstain from these things. Don't let them keep living in sin. But we got to write to them to, to tell them these things that, that they need to do. But the fact of the matter is, we're going to give them the right hand of fellowship. And, and and you know what you see then is Peter realizes that that our culture is not what's going to unify us, but righteousness will. That's right. And so he's going to say, okay, uh, let's just let's pound them out a letter. And let's send it off to them, and they're going to understand that we're going to tell them to do these things. You know, stay away from your cultural problems. I mean, really, that's what he's saying. We're trying to bring in our cultural things. You guys have got the same problem. You just got to realize that you got to stay away from these things if we're going to be unified, because that's still going to take you away from righteousness. But we write to them, abstain from things polluted by idols certainly a gentile thing from sexual immorality from things strangled we're still in the and from blood all these are gentile problems right. and so he he's, he's you know what you're seeing here is this awesome stamp of of cultural uh 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 plagues that can happen in the church we're gonna to have to get away from those things he wouldn't have wrote that to the church at jerusalem they would not have needed this yeah. letter but the gentiles did and so he he realized that listen what's going to unite us is righteousness mm -hmm. what's going to unite us is, is doing things god's way and so mo uh, the the so he's going to uh verse 22 then it pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose the to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas. And so they write them this letter, and, and he tells them. So in verse 24, it says, Since we have heard that some of you went out from us and have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be uncircumcised, say you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have men risked their own lives for, our, for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. We therefore send Judas and Silas, who report the mouth the same things, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So he's saying now we're, we're going to send men to you that you're going to understand that can help unify you. We're going to send you this letter that is carries the weight of us and the Holy Spirit too. And we're going to tell you that, that our cultural problems, we're not going to bind you with them. And your cultural problems, we're not going to bind you with them. 
we're about to get hammered by the rain. So if we're going to have great unity in a church, we've got to let God's Word unify us and be people that seek unity. And certainly these are the people that did it. Church, I hope you have a great day, and we'll look forward to seeing you again this Sunday.